Welcome to American Games Journalism Simulator 2017, the podcast that's going to come out on Mondays if I have to literally kill a man to make it happen. My name is David Daw. With me as always... Amanda Rodriguez. <laughs> and uh, I'm Alex Warrow, and apparently my hours are yeah. numbered if David makes good on his threat. Well, what I didn't. Did we I, this week I didn't get, say like, which podcast going. Yeah, I didn't say which man. There's a lot of options. Um, uh, I just assume by God, I have my list mm-hmm. by deduction. <laughs> if yeah, this no, pod, if this podcast does not go long enough, we'll just go through our list of men we're going to kill. Um, I mean, yeah, that could be an interesting podcast. Yeah, I'm my get my phone out. I'll be right back. <laughs> n- n- number number five on my list this week is that weird dude who really w- wanted to go to the mat for the translation error in Xseed that turned out to not be a translation error, but him wanting to make a KKK joke. Yeah, um, and now, he's the one who uh, this is this is the rock he chooses to die on. Yeah, my favorite thing about him is, like, he shows up in the comments section. Of that mm. Kotaku article? Yeah, and, like, of everything. Like, I, I follow um, uh, Nick Robinson and Griffin McElroy of Polygon and, like, a couple of other people that I think, like, make entertaining games-based co- commentary and videos. Mm-hmm. Um and they have some of them have done some commentary on this as well, and he's shown up in the comments section of all of those things too. It's very strange. Um, That's one sad dude. I don't know who this guy is, and my life is much better for it. Y- yeah, I kind of like don't want to like. They they here's the thing. I actually am going to do it because the actual. Um, explanation can just will just you'll get bewilderment from it and nothing else is um so in japan they made this game and it's set relatively modern day and in japan there is a very relatively famous lighting company on the level of like ge in america Mm -hmm. called nkk And the entire joke in Japan, and it's not even really a joke, it's just, you will know that this is that that other company, is they named it KKK Lighting. Because no one in Japan cares about the KKK. And this guy was like, if you do not name that KKK Lighting, I don't want my name on the translation team for this game. I don't want to be related to this. I don't want anything about that censorship. And only after he took his name off the game and, like, publicized widely that he had done this did he learn that the translation team, the publishing team, and the developer all went, yeah, no, we weren't making a KKK joke, don't do that. Like, I... I, We were just doing a parody of the name of this well-known lighting company. It's like if somebody named GE GG and then it turned out GG was like a racist offensive name in another com- country and they were like yeah we didn't that wasn't the joke the joke was just you were supposed to know that it was GE Yeah this guy sounds like a winner I uh I I after having heard that story I'm doubly convinced I made the right choice and not caring Yeah um 
I'm surprised he, like, and the fun part is he wasn't fired. Like, he still has the same job. But, I mean, you can you can be a jerk and still be paid for a, a service, I assume. I don't know. He, yeah, but to, like, drum up that much attention to this. It's, there's, a, like, there's a lot of things where I could, like, make the whole podcast about this one weird fucking asshole dude. Um... Because he that could also be one weird fucking asshole. That could be the podcast name. Yeah, like I'm. I'm really not against this episode being what a weird fucking asshole. Except that, like, God, that could comment section. That that could be so many weeks in gaming history. Is God what a weird fucking asshole? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the older I get, uh, the more I practice like weaponized uh, disinterest. I just, yeah. That guy I, can just go on his way. I feel like this is like a like I feel like we really picked a good time to start publishing uh, like gaming podcasts and hear me out on this because it takes a second um, <laughs> where like we have just gotten through like a six month period of like every fucking week a game that like I think will go down in gaming history came out for like six straight fucking months and two things are two things have conspired to make that especially weird. One is like now for the past three weeks, and it looks like for the next like month or two, nothing is really happening in games. Like E three is the next major thing that's happening in games, and we're over a month out from that. Summer drought. And like two, I. I Historians from the year 2837 who are listening to this podcast, because obviously they are. I don't know if you remember this, but November 8th, 2016 to May 1st, 2017 was a bit of a weird period in American history. Most importantly, <laughs> San Francisco and New York were still above water, and mm-hmm. that was a trip. Yeah. So, Let so, me tell you. Yeah. Some some odd things have still some odd things have happened where like my soul is like maybe you want to play a little more Breath of the Wild, and my mind is like mm, maybe some other things are going on that you should be paying attention to. So like, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of stuff to like catch up on and be thinking about and be talking about because just so many good games have come out. And so much commentary on those games have been like Breath of the Wild and and Donald Trump's failure to pass uh, like Obamacare reform, like just like it's Persona been five and a government shutdown. I I genuinely I almost tweeted today, except it would have required me reinstalling Twitter, and so I didn't do it. <laughs> Good call. That that like. The the in Persona Five, which I've now almost beaten since the last episode, when you go into people's mind palaces, you need their name, the location in the real world of their palace, and what they think of their palace as. Um, so, like the the like non spoiler first dungeon is this evil gym coach who like has taken over your school your school, and a castle, because he thinks of it as his castle. Um, Hmm. And I almost tweeted, Donald Trump, 
1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, a really big truck, the secret ninth dungeon of Persona 5 opens up. Like, I... I, I <laughs> the ultimate seat of power in the cab of a really big truck. Yeah, just... Uh-uh, and he had a sticker that said... I wrote a truck. I just, oh, just, he's just such a big boy. Wasn't it just like I heart trucks? I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which fair, I heart trucks too. But I yeah. Like... I mean, who uh, in their heart of hearts does not heart trucks? My mom spent way too much time. This is, I've had something to drink. Way too much time of my childhood explaining to people that as a four year old, I used to really play with Tonka trucks a lot, and then when attractive women would come around, I would say, wow, wow. <laughs> what? Based on, um, I really want to st- based on my grandfather, who um, was kind of like if Don Draper was a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a man of the South. Oh, yes, and a cowboy. Last yeah. of the cowboy lawyers, my grandfather. Um, <laughs> But the, um, yeah, the, the just general, like, yeah, I just, there's just a, like, pure expression of id in Persona games that if we lived in a universe slightly off from this one, I would be like, now that's just an unrealistic, like, liberal fantasy dream of what's wrong with like the the people conspiring against progressives. Hmm. And the 2017 we're actually in is like, yeah, that seems about right. That <laughs> that yeah, that checks out. And like you all the, all that all that math really just sums up the way that you would think. Finally, video games matter because we live in an age of video game villains. Yeah, because we live in the age of lol, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I drank. Lo, lo, that Lagavulin went down the wrong pipe. Mm, yeah, it's apparently loyalty day for all of you, so um, remember to be loyal, apparently. Is okay. that a thing? Yeah. No, that, that, that wasn't a thing before Donald Trump made it a thing this year. He, oh, yeah, I didn't look at that. What does that even mean? Does that wait, mean, like, don't look at May Day and workers' rights? Wait, he made uh, May Day loyalty day? Yep. That's seriously in Babylon Five, which is my favorite sci-fi show, but is also incredibly like on the nose, greatest generation liberal, like propaganda, like just transposed into a sci-fi setting. Um, the bad guys um, are it like start an organization called Peace Watch that makes everybody wear a sash on their left arm. Oh. Yeah, no, that's... That's, that's less on the nose than making May Day Loyalty Day. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we going to have an episode all about Babylon 5? Because I y- haven't seen it. Yes. We're going to make this... Bi- well, I mean, that didn't stop us for Breath of the Wild, so why should that stop us about Babylon 5? Where can I watch Babylon 5? Babylon 5 this weekend. Wait. Who, okay. who, wait, who just jumped into the podcast to say Babylon oh, 5 this weekend? Um, this is, this is Faith. Honorary okay. guest. Honor, surprise guest, I guess. She just yelled saying she'll make me watch Babylon 5. Hi, Faith. Faith, Hi. Faith, if you can find where Babylon 5 is online and tell Waro and I, I would really appreciate that because since it got dumped off of Netflix, 
I've had to find some really shady streaming sites for it. Um, I think I would have better sources than shady streaming sites. I don't know why I don't own it on DVD, because I think somewhere in my parents' attic there are VHS tapes of about two-thirds of the Babylon 5 run from TNT. Um, because that's my life. Um, yep. yep. As long as we're here, I've been, I really enjoyed the first season of The Expanse, which I recently finished. Yeah, that's a very progressive sci-fi show. I don't know if it's progressive. I guess it is. There are, there's, not, there's not so many white dudes on it. No. Yeah, they... I, that's I f- the bar we're setting here for a sci-fi show. Yeah, I gotta say, like... I don't know. I feel like it's like meeting the bar set by Battlestar Galactica, is yeah. what I would say. Like, I don't know if it's really, like... I haven't watched the second season, which I have heard is, like, when they really get to, like, all the Mars characters, and the Mars characters are supposed to be much more multicultural. Um, because in a smart bit of social commentary, they just shot all the minorities off to Mars. Um, I was unaware of that. Uh, uh, let's see. I was really impressed with that show because they just constantly remind you, why would you ever leave Earth? Like, why would you, why would you just like fuck up Earth and then leave? Why don't you just stay on Earth where there's air and water and trees instead of trying to go to Mars or the asteroid belt? Um, but... Oh well. Yeah. My, is there my, is there is there a Mars in Persona Five? Can you go to the space? Is there a mind palace? No, and it's not even it's well actually. Yep. Uh, there one we go. there we go. Uh, you can't go to Mars, but one of the mind palaces is um, specifically sci-fi themed, and I really love what a pastiche it is because um, all, all of the guards are like. Gart themed to whatever dungeon you're in, and then you like sneak up on them and rip off their mask and yell, "Show me your true form!" And then the like Pokemon-esque personas pop out of the like guard for that specific dungeon, and the guard for the sci-fi dungeon is like a low-rent Dalek, which is like pretty impressive since Daleks are already pretty low-rent. Um, yeah, is that just like a trash can turned upside down? Um, it's a trash can with a plunger attached to it. It's basically just three cylinders that are slightly smaller than each other stacked on top of each other with like a, like a small cylinder popping out of the top of it to denote an eye. Um, it's minimal, a minimal Dalek. Yeah, it's like... the door's back. Um... I really Shame like. Uh, no I was going to um, bring up a thing about Persona Five that I realized finally, having played you know sixty hours of it and therefore being like almost but not quite through with it, because guys, JRPGs mm-hmm. are fucking ridiculous. Um, Yo, is that game any good? Is that game like fun or is it just like you grind a lot? And there's some good dialogue. Here's the thing that I have to say about it is that everything I can say about why it is good is going to sound like Stockholm Syndrome. And I cannot decide if that is because Stockholm Syndrome is kicked in or if it is because it is a good game. But, like, JRPGs just demand so much of your time that you kind of have to speak about it in, like, a... 
you just don't understand that that like the thing about it is they've had such a tough time with X um, thing. They're really good underneath. Everyone thinks they're terrible, but yeah. really they're a sweetheart. Just go in forty hours, and then it starts to get good. Uh, yeah, I I do have to say, like I I really I really like Persona Five, um, and uh, like I like it enough that I'm gonna start a new game plus and really kind of dig into it. But I do like think it is weird that like do you guys remember two or three years ago before Final Fantasy Fifteen? when, like, there was the run of, like, three Final Fantasy games in a row where it took, like, 15 hours to get into it, and all anybody did was go, like, Final Fantasy's dead. This is shit. 15 hours is 13? way too long to spend for... Yeah. Yeah, there um, was Final Fantasy thirteen, and then Lightning... There was, like, it's, the, it's like the, tri- the trilogy of, like, oh, it's 13, then Lightning Returns, and I actually don't remember what any of the other ones yeah. are. But, like... Lightning Strikes Back. 13-2, and, and then Lightning Returns, the Fabula Nova Crystallis Trilogy. Is that what that's called? I think so. Wow. Uh, so I just want to say, for the record, <laughs> fuck you, Square Enix. But also, like, I feel like there's this weird vindication of that in Persona 5, because anybody that tells you that Persona 5 doesn't take, like, 15 hours for you to really get into it is a goddamn liar. And I don't think I've read a single review that's been like, this game has this real problem where it's like the third dungeon before you really get into it. And I don't know. I, um, like, well, what do you mean get into it, right? Because like, I played, I beat Persona 4 Golden on Vita, and like, I guess that game took many hours until you, you, had, a, until you had a sense of the full, complete flow of the, of the, of the game loop. Hmm. Um, but like, within the first hour, you had like, you were meeting interesting characters and the core appeal of that game was not grinding through the dungeons. It was just like hanging out in, uh, in like rural Japan and talking to people and like going to the snack shop and going to classes like that was, what was fun to me. So is that, is that stuff, uh, interesting at all in this game or do you really just find it appealing to sort of run through the dungeons? I mean, I feel like maybe this is cause it's my first persona game, but I felt like the first dungeon was so on rails and mm. I was so instructed for, like, the first three weeks of in-game time of exactly what I should be doing and exactly when I should pull out of the dungeon and spend a day or two just, like, just chilling as a student and exactly when I should go back in. And, like, like it, it kind of felt like... I didn't really have a full understanding of when I could tell the game to fuck off and play the game until the third dungeon, until, mm. like, 15, 20 hours in. And maybe if I had had, like, more experience in Persona games, I could have done that, like, way earlier. Like, I could have just really played the first dungeon. Like, I now play it as basically, like, I unlock a dungeon... And then I go through that dungeon until I can't anymore, and someone demands I go back into the real world, mm-hmm. um, so that I like maximize my time to go back out and flirt with the student council president, or uh, like, but but like, but but like, the the like first month of the game almost feels like this really hand-holdy tutorial um, where 
I didn't feel like I had any real control over what was happening. Um, and I still had fun. Like, I still liked the game. But it was definitely a thing where, like, I almost wish the game let me waste five hours and go, oh, that wasn't the way I was supposed to play this game. Fuck. And then go back and replay those five hours understanding what a Persona game was. Mm -hmm. um, then have them hold my hand like that, which is a thing where, like, I fully accept the criticism of that criticism where in the universe where they let me do that, I wasted five hours and then went, I don't have fucking time to play this game for another five hours. So, so Fate's got a quick comment for you because she played through all of Persona 4 when I hadn't. Like, I, I stopped after, like, the third dungeon or something because I just couldn't get monster. into it. Because I'm a monster. Sure. She actually finished it. So she has, like, a, a thing about the tutorial portion that you're talking about. Um, I played through three and four, um, so I can't say whether or not five uh, forces you, but what I recall of the tutorial for both of those is that it felt handholdy, but you don't actually have to follow it um, or don't actually have to listen to it. And so uh, it would, uh, on the first on the first Persona game I played, I felt pretty railroaded in like, okay, I'm just following what I'm told to do. And in the second one, I'm like, no, I'm just going to go out and um, do my own thing. I know what I want to um, start working on. Uh, and the other thing about the Persona games is that I think that they're entirely what you make of them. Mm -hmm. themselves are telling uh, different stories just of people. And if you want it to be a grindy dungeon crawler, you can do that. If you don't want it to be a grindy dungeon crawler, you can basically spend no time in the dungeon and still get through the whole game. Um, I, I... And I, as for, like... Sorry, um, I I agree with I'm I'm interested uh, when I start a new game plus in like a week how much that's true because I really um, I really don't know for sure how much the game is forcing me to do things that there, there are week long periods in Persona Five where you really don't have any control over your afternoon or evening where where characters really say like you have to do a story based week or evening before you go into this dungeon mm -hmm. but i don't know the degree to which because i really don't feel like i didn't get educated about where the edges of that were mm -hmm. until about halfway through the game like, I'm going to be really interested to go back and play that first section again and figure out where the game really was, saying, no, absolute, absolutely sit down in that goddamn bed and go to sleep and wake up and have it be the 18th of April, and where the game was kind of going like, well, there's nothing to do now, so go sit down, and actually, in fact, I could, like, run off and flirt with the, like, local doctor at the local clinic again. Um, because I didn't, I didn't really try because the game kept telling me not to. So the question is, why do you, uh, why do you find it valuable to keep playing? That's, um, fair given this discussion. Um, there, I, I, um, 
I hesitate after last episode to like go like for an anime like point of reference on this. What we're talking about anime again? Yeah, but but the the um, point of reference that I've been using with uh, Nikki because she fucking loved this anime because it's great um, is Assassination Classroom, which is um, an anime that shares almost nothing with the Persona games except that it shares the the structure of a Japanese school year um, because uh, Assassination Classroom is an anime where um, just this random... Octopus alien. Yeah, octopus alien being that can move at Mach 8 and is totally unkillable and super powerful has decided to teach a, like, first-year high school classroom. Um, or second. And, um, everyone in the class can get, like, 8 million yen or something like that if they kill their teacher. But the, like, twist that is also, like, just this, like, sweet life-affirming thing is that over the course of the show, it becomes obvious that also this weird, like, super-powered alien is the best teacher they've ever had. Um, like, is actually a really good teacher. Um, and the, like, day in, day out of exploring these students' lives in this really supernatural and weird situation is one of the things that I really like about Persona 5. And the other thing I really like about Persona 5 and the other, um, kind of, like, watch reference I've been using with Nikki, um is uh, Psychonauts, because the, like, logic of the dream palaces of all of the villains that you're, like, infiltrating and trying to steal their heart from um, shares a lot of the, like, logic of a Psychonauts game. Uh, a Psychonauts game. Like, I've played Psychonauts 2 already. Um, but but it, it has that same sort of dream logic, that same sort of metaphor logic that I think about from, like, a Joss Whedon show, where the, the sort of metaphor of what a person is doing and what a person is do, thinking is literalized. So, like, a high school gym coach that is running the prestigious volleyball team thinks of the school as his castle. Um... And a, like, artist, I'm, I'm just trying to not... I don't not, know where you're going with this, David. I'm trying Video. to not do spoilers is my problem and where yeah. I'm hesitating. Um, yeah. It's just... you win, that's the spoiler. Yeah, um, it's or just... do you, question mark? Actually, I got the, I got one of the less good endings for Persona Four Golden, so I thought I won, but I didn't. So I should take that back. There, you, who knows where this ends up? Is it like Resident Evil, the secret ending where there's a dog? That's Silent Hill, and uh, kind of. Oh, I really. They're all horror games to me. Is it like Silent Hill, the ending where aliens conspired to do everything? Because I swear to God, I played a Silent Hill game once. And I got that ending, and I thought, this game is really weird, and then I never played a Silent Hill game again. Man, I wouldn't be surprised. I only know about... I've never played any Silent Hill because I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big scaredy cat, and I don't like scary things, so I'm scared. <sighs> so, I, 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 
I rented Resident Evil 2, and then the, like, control scheme was so um, anxiety-inducing <laughs> to me yep. that I got, I played through the first, I was, like, playing the first screen and died on the first screen and was like, I don't want to watch the cutscenes going into this anymore. And then I played a, a like, yeah, I played one Silent Hill game just to prove I could play a horror game to myself and got this fucking bizarre ending where I was like, what is even happening right now? And then went, yeah, okay, I guess that's life. And then wandered off and never played a horror game again. I think a lot of people get into horror movies or horror games. It's like a personal test, you know, like I'm going to mm-hmm. prove it. I'm going to prove it that I'm a big boy. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown up girl. I could take this. Uh, and I just never had that moment. I was always too scared. I tried to watch Scream once with some friends uh, when I was too young to watch Scream. And Scream was too much for me, so I had to go, like, leave the room. And after that, I just came to terms with it. Yeah, I, I still can't watch The Ring. And creepy, creepy long-haired Japanese girls still scare me, so yeah, that's I, a scarring experience. I can't remember. It's some. It was something like Blair Witch Project where I just, like, got up out of the theater... With, like, a lot of girls I wanted to date. A lot of them. From my high school. Like, it was like a group thing with, like, 15 people. And I just went, nope. And then just left. Oh, I remember it was 28 days later. It was, like, the anxiety-inducing portion. I thought it was more like a romp. Like a fun zombie romp. You know, like a fun zombie romp. Like a British romp. No, I twenty eight weeks later was like went full on action movie with it, mm-hmm. but twenty eight days later had about twenty minutes of actual horror movie suspense content. Have, and have it, either of you seen Battle Royale, that other horror movie? I have. Oh, seen? I actually I love Battle Royale. Weirdly, it's not it's not a horror movie, right? It's not scary. It's just bloody. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, it, I should I should watch it. Violent Hunger Games. Yeah. Hmm. I should watch it because I've been playing uh, a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which is just basically Battle Royale in a video game. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's great. It's the best. I, and, I made this joke before we started recording. Do you mean the Fire Festival? I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I don't remember before recording. I don't remember. I don't exist before the mics turn on. And once these turn off, I just float away. Also, I wasn't I wasn't there for that joke. So that joke yeah. canonically does not exist. Yeah. Damn it. But yeah, it's kind of like the Fire Festival in Ja Rule. Except it is, uh, everything that happens in that game is totally my fault. Um, it's real good. It's... Uh, I don't know if y'all have seen it. It came out on Steam not too long ago. It's in early access. Uh, it's the new hotness on Twitch. Everyone is playing it. And, uh, oh, I've seen that, I, yeah. I have, I have heard about this, and I'm thrilled. Like, We were about to get to the portion where I like asked you guys what you were playing, because I've just been playing Persona 5, because it's a very long game. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> The way you said that was pretty good. And I'm I'm thrilled to hear you were playing that because I've I'm fascinated by that game, but I have no desire to play it. If that makes any sense, I will tell you why this game is good and why it's worth uh, taking note of. Even if you don't want to play it, although you should give it a shot, it's that these kinds of games have been popular for a little while now. You know, these sorts of 
um, like mods for for these kind of modes where where like a certain number of people are dumped in a constrained space and then they play King of the Hill mm-hmm. until one of them is left standing. Um, those were modded into Arma. They were modded into. Like there was a Daisy variant on top of either either on the armor mod or on the standalone Daisy that had this uh, H1Z1 famously mm-hmm. had a mode has a mode called King of the Kill which is very similar. Um, they've been really popular for a while. I think Ark Survival of All has something similar. Rust and yeah, Rust might have something similar. Uh, and one of the guys who worked on H1Z1's King of the Kill uh, went. Uh, went out on his own and hooked up with a, I think a Korean studio named Blue Hole and made this uh, or, or oversaw them as they worked together to make this game uh, and it's the perfect balance because every one of those games beforehand they had something that made them they, they, uh, it, it covers some of their shortcomings so like uh, there's no crafting in this game which I feel like was in games like The Culling and stuff which is another popular like kind of battle royale-esque game on steam um and like you would think from the outside that maybe that means the game is less complex or less you know has less depth to it but what it actually means is that players don't spend a lot of time sitting still and this is important because in a game like this you're dropped on a big island that's just strewn about with weapons and armor and backpacks and gear and then um a timer starts and after a certain amount of time this circle appears on the map and then after a certain amount of time uh, a blue shield appears around that circle and sort of closes in around it and anyone caught outside that shield is killed basically they take damage and that circle slowly gets smaller and smaller and smaller until at the end you somebody has to be number one okay. oh it is like hunger games okay. it's like oh after a certain amount of time this will happen to can i tell you the, i assume so can i tell you the emergent yeah. thing that makes me not want to play these games um that yeah. i've noticed from watching people play these games um, which is, it seems that emergently what has happened from this format is that everyone just ends up at a single point, almost everyone, at the very, very beginning of the game and just murders each other with axes in yeah, the first a- three minutes for like... That definitely it, like, does not happen here, which is fantastic. I don't, I don't know how it happens in other games, but like uh, the way it works is it loads 100 people or as many as they can find mm-hmm. into a match, right? And you can be solo or in teams of two or three or four. Um, and you all are in this plane flying over the island, and it, it, it completes a course. I think it's relatively randomly chosen from one end of the map to the other, and you jump out wherever you want. And if you don't jump out at the very end, it puts you in a, in a zone off to the side. Maybe it happens there because a lot of people just uh, go inactive. Yeah, I guess I've I've watched like a couple of people stream this game, and mm-hmm. all of them have waited until that. And I guess it's because like that's the most entertaining thing for the stream. But it seems like mm-hmm. forty or fifty people every game just sort of sit at like wherever the plane crashes and wait huh. for the match to officially start and then just axe um, each other to death you might be i mean you might be right in that that's what's happening also before a match starts everyone is on a small patch of land together mm-hmm. and there are weapons strewn about and there will be a, a timer that appears that says until the match starts and and that little starting area everyone's invincible and that's just a way to load all the characters into the map before they actually start the match so that's before the actual game starts uh, is when everyone's together, just kind of whacking each other with axes and shooting each other with guns. 
uh, once the game starts, uh, so far as I've seen, and the game is still relatively young, everyone is pretty interested in, in winning. So people won't tend to goof off at the end. You'll, every game I've played, and I've played a lot, uh, you end up in this really tense, like, crawl across this big landscape uh, to get to, you know, wherever the end is. Um, and that changes every time. And what's so good about this game compared to every other game like it is the balance of um, gear. So, like, this, uh, this island is perfectly designed by hand so that pretty much anywhere you go, within every two to three minutes, you'll see something. Like, there'll be a house or an airfield or a gas station or something like a tower that, and, and, and anytime you see something that means there's going to be stuff in there for you to get, you absolutely need. And there's almost certainly a chance that someone will be in there waiting for you or just leaving. There's, or so just it's like, getting there. It's, it's like the way that this is stealth, a breath of the wild sequel episode, but for Why multiplayer, breath of the wild, you're not even playing breath of the wild anymore. No, but he's on to something, right? Because Breath of the Wild is designed so well that basically anytime you're going in any direction for more than a minute or two, you'll find something. You'll find a Korok challenge, you'll find an an enemy, you'll find like trees with fruit on them, you'll find something to do. And it's very similar. Whereas as compared to earlier games, like I played H1Z1 for a bit, I played King of the Kill for a bit, and they're good, but it was very easy to be running through empty forest. I mean, there's trees, but that's it. For minutes at a time without seeing anybody or finding anything. And that made the game very boring for long patches. And uh, Battleground is, or, pardon me, player unknowns, intercap unknowns, Battlegrounds is uh, consistently interesting and tense for matches that last anywhere. I mean, depending on how fast you die, from 30 seconds to a half hour or more. And it's just really, really good. I, I am now interested to play this game because I feel like I've mostly watched people for the first like five minutes of this who aren't very good at it like I feel like I've been weirdly watching like twitch streams from people who are like one of are are people who die in like the first ten minutes of the of Battle Royale the movie Um, and like if you die in the first ten minutes of Battle Royale Battle Royale is not a very interesting or good movie. Um, yeah, it's... It, I mean, certainly, in, another smart thing they do is when you lose, you you can immediately exit the lobby and then go into another match. And that and since everyone's playing it right now, the, the time to a new next match is super small. So basically, if you die within five minutes, you can be back in another match. And all of a sudden, like, uh, uh, the pressure is back on. And another really smart thing that I want to highlight if you ever look at it or play it is the <coughs> audio. Because, like, so much of this game is spent crouching on the floor and the second story of a building, listening. Like, every muscle in your body is tense, and you're listening to your headphones or to your speakers with one ear right up against it because you have to know is that. Are those footsteps downstairs? Is somebody mopping around down there? Or am I just crazy? And then, oh, no, I heard a door open. There's definitely somebody. They're crouching or something. They're down there looking for stuff. I can't move because they will hear me too. And if they hear me, then then we're, we're, in, a, we're in a detente, right? We're like, I'm not going to go down there. They're not going to come up here, but we're not going to leave. And the circle's going to come and close around us. And, like, that happens almost every game. And it's always tense. It's always interesting. Uh, and it's just really... Just, Mm. Oh, perfect. What was that? That was uh, me I, the microphone. I was oh, about okay. to say, I Bra- feel like it was, it. I feel like it was the like finger kissing thing, but like that was, but like 
in an audio only medium, we should maybe steer away from the yep. finger kissing thing. Yeah, we, that we was probably asterisk should. chef's kiss asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. Smiley face. And I'm fire emoji, fire and emoji. I'm now doing like Flapping. I'm now doing parentheses shrug emoji parentheses. Um Amanda, all I have to say to that is a is um table flip emoji. And also what have you been playing for the past two and a half weeks? Because uh, this weekly podcast is actually a two and a half weekly podcast and we're gonna yeah, need to really do something about that to keep publishing this on Mondays. Um, but what have what have you been doing? Uh, so, so I have a uh, uh, as, as as you two know, I buy way too many video games. Sure. Um, and so for the like last three years, I bought way too many video games, but I haven't actually played any of them. And uh, in order to buy any new games, I uh, have to actually finish one of the games I bought years ago. I no, I love this because like one of the things about my like year of too many games, six months of too many games thing is like. We are now in this blessed period where we can, like... I want to go through my Steam, like, library alphabetically, but, like, my first game that I have never beaten in my Steam library alphabetically is um, Amnesia, A Game for Pigs, and... Nah, son. <laughs> that ain't that ain't happening. Like, that... That's that, not I'm, happening for me either. I'm... Um, but, but I really do, like, I want to go through this as, like, a, like, yeah, that's still out. That's still a game that existed, and I want to hear about that game, even if it came out, like, fucking five years ago. I don't give a shit. Um. Speaking of five years ago, I've been playing, um, I recently got back into Sunset Overdrive, Mm -hmm. and that's a game that, when it first came out, um, it... I, I tried it because I'm a big fan of Insomniac and, you know, with the Ratchet and Clank series, I expected it to have, like, cool weapons, like, interesting, uh, like, not interesting story, but, like, interesting characters and everything like that. And I absolutely hated the controls. Like, the the way that you move around the city, those first, that first, like, five hours is horrible until you unlock... Um, mild spoiler for a five-year-old game until you unlock an air dash ability that lets you actually get around the city a lot easier. I I have to say, I spent, um, this was like a 15-minute thing that I did because I, um, I started watching the, like, hour and a half long, um, fucking, uh, like, breakdown of what went wrong with Mighty Number 9. Yeah. And it starts with like three minutes of what's so good about Mega Man X that I downloaded a ROM of Mega Man X and started playing it again. <laughs> and the fact that you don't start with the air dash in Mega Man X was like, bye, gotta, I gotta go do something else. Um, because <laughs> I, because that, that's the whole game to me. Um, and, like, I know that I can, like, just the very first level do it, and it's fine. But, like, the fact that the game starts out as this weird 
game that's built around the idea of an air dash and you don't have the air dash hmm. um, is like weird and infuriating to me in this way that like you could you could do that back then like you could kind of spend three hours introducing somebody to the idea of what this game would eventually become in a way that's fundamentally different from I know I just said that about Persona 5 but Persona Persona 5 like because that's all I've been playing because like I don't have time for anything else because goddamn Persona 5 takes forever to get through and it's like a real good game but like there's not an option to like when I new game plus that game, it's still going to take 40 hours to beat that game again. Like, I can't chrono trigger new game plus that game where I, like, just do all the things I think are interesting that I couldn't do before because it's still going to make me go through the main plot of Persona 5. But, like, what I'm saying about Mega Man X is, like... Games used to be fine with the idea that they would introduce you to the main mechanic of the entire game like five or ten hours into the game. Mm. And that's now insane to me. Like Yeah, you grew up. Yeah, well yeah, yeah and so did the games industry. Like sure. I'm I trying mean, to think both, of like but not really. Well, like, what's the last game you played where, like, the central, like, core thing about that game showed up at hour 10? Um, probably an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> yeah, I don't play, I don't, let's say I don't play those games, but, like, I don't know, that's not, like, I, I, I even then I feel like not, it's, it's, it's more like the most fun thing about that game. Like, I think the weird Sunny thing about, Let's be real here. Pokemon Sun and Moon. Hmm. No, I. What's what's your argument there? Because like I I played Sun and Moon and like Z evolutions show up way before five to ten hours into that game. No, like the Z moves do, but sort of the freedom doesn't come until like you you get your Pokemon call things, and even then like you get the ability to fly, which is like way further into the game than any other Pokemon game. Uh, but one, I'm going to disagree with that because you get that on, like, Island 2 and you used to get Fly, like, three-fourths of the way into the game. But I also felt like I ne- I, I don't think I used Fly more than, like, once in Pokemon Sun and Moon because, like, my main objection to that game would be, like, I never backtracked. I never went back and cared about the Pokemon that I did not catch. I still don't care about the Pokemon that I did not catch. Because I, I figure I can, like, wonder trade for them. Yeah, that's the problem with Sun and Moon, is that you... The, the big idea of, like, exploring and finding all these Pokemon... Um, when we had HMs, you had reason to go back because you <sighs> had to... Ooh, Oscar's mad. See, yeah, yeah Oscar. Oscar's having a... Oscar has real feelings about cut as an HM move. And the, the necessity to add cut to your Pokemon roster has always riled my little doggo boy up. 
Like he d- he does not know how to deal with that, and he it's because he was the HM dog. Mm-hmm. Fair until just recently, and he lost that position. Yeah, he is kind of a god. What was that little woodchuck Pokemon? Befalo, Bidoof. Yeah, he's he's kind of a little Bidoof of a dog. Um, Bidoof. Bidoof. (laughs) And with with, I feel like that's. Can we agree? Just end end it, Eater. Well, I I I do want to say can the mic. Can we agree that? our official way of saying we should get off whatever topic we're on and move to a new topic is just Bidoof. Yeah, it's a good just, word. Just, just like, mm, mm, we've been, t- we've been talking about, um, just kiss your fingers again. I got to punch out Bidoof, 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 Bidoof. No, this, I, I haven't played Overwatch in a while. Bidoof, Bidoof. We got to get out of there. Go down oh, red. Um, what type? Wait, wait, what? What type is Bidoof? I don't. I don't. I'm and then he evolves into a water normal. He's right. water. He's water normal. We've decided that Oscar is ground normal because okay. my wife and I um, do decide what Pokemon type our dog is. Mm-hmm. Um, and ground normal means that he is. Um, uh, um, oh, he's the XY Pokemon who's the rabbit with the big. But what Bunnelby evolves into? I heard you. I heard her yell at you from another room. Right? <laughs> That's what this podcast is now. Significant um, others yelling at. And I, and I love that 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 Ellen Waro's Waro's significant other is like, nah, I'm too good for this. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I believe she's she's playing Mario Kart, so she's, she's <laughs> on the switch. She's otherwise engaged. She's above us. No, but seriously, what does Bunnelby devol- evolve into? Well, he devolves into D- Diggersby. Yes, I don't know. Diggersby, though. Diggersby, though. Motherfucker has arms for ears. I saw that, yes. Diggersby, though. So hungry, Badoof. <laughs> You're so hungry you could eat a Badoof for him. Right. Code water normal. Code water normal. Badoof, badoof. <laughs> Do any of us have a game we would like to talk about before we're before I declare that we're free to go okay. on with our lives? I got one last thing. Okay. So, uh, I may be playing Sunset Overdrive solo, but Faith and I are doing Yoshi's Woolly World, and fuck the magic carpet level. Like seriously, fuck that level. Um, it. It's it's honestly the worst thing to try to do because for some reason Yoshi was on a flying carpet and Yoshi should stay to the ground where they belong. That's my final thoughts. Harsh words from Amanda in Alameda. Tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like I I do think a lot about like I really wish when they remade games. I feel like every game, no matter how good it is, has about three hours of content where it's like, what were they fucking thinking? And, like, I feel that way about, um, like, the lightning storms in Breath of the Wild, which is the most recent, almost perfect game I can think of, where it's like, maybe have thunderstorms be less frequent, or, like, you just, like, give Link a hat earlier that's like, fuck lightning storms, they don't 
that he can still climb. Like he gets little, he gets sure grip gloves or something. Um, where like, I, I I do feel like there's just this thing of like, I don't I want less remakes of games that are like that game but with modern graphics, and more remakes of games that are like that game but everything everyone universally agreed was bad about that game is replaced by th- something that's better. Oh, so Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, where they just put real battle mode in. And yeah, where they fix battle mode. And yeah. Added, added a new level of drift, which I always want more levels of drift in my life. I, I, drift. I, I still don't uh, have a Switch because I'm waiting until there's five games I want for the Switch. Because oh, me too. that was my mistake f- for the Wii U, was that three games came out, and I thought... This game has this console has three games. It's fine. Everything's gonna be fine. And mm. then um, that was all the games that came out until like like th- then then Smash Brothers came out, and that was a fourth game. And then like Super Mario Three D World, uh, Bayonetta Two. I did, I did not play Bayonetta Two. Um, I was going to say that. Um, I know a lot of people are um, a big fan of this game, and I think there are a lot of good things to say about it, but I have the title Squidbilly stuck in my head, because that's what I... I called Splatoon Squidbillies as a... um, As a eyeball joke, to be honest. Yeah, when I was in high school, I I was in... um, uh, a production where um, one of the other uh, students in the production had a line, and that line was, "She's no fool and quite a beauty." And uh, that that other student jokingly every time in rehearsal said, "She's no fool and she's no fuel and quite a booty," instead of "She's no fool and quite a beauty," and thought it was really really funny. And everyone went, "Stop doing that! You're gonna." fuck it up and say it in performance and I was one of those people and just was angry at them forever because of course eventually they did say she's no f- fuel and quite a booty um, <laughs> but I, they say it in Elizabethan English or in actual Shakespearean English in, actu- in Beowulf English in Beowulf English they said it in Beowulf <laughs> English which was kind of a, a the kind of made up for it but not fully but my point is, that's what I did with Splatoon, where I jokingly called Splatoon Squidbillies like five times, and I was like, this is fine, nothing's ever going to go wrong with this, and now I can't remember the name Splatoon without someone helping me, because I'm an old, old man who doesn't remember language good. That explains um, a lot of things. Yeah... Um, anyway, Splatoon was a pretty good game, but their multiplayer, um, the way they organized multiplayer sucked, because it meant that I couldn't actually play with my wife against other people. Um, against their wives. Yeah, I could, I could play with my wife against my sister wives that I don't have because I'm not Mormon, but not against, like, actual people on the internet like a normal person would want to do. Um, and so the fifth game that I really loved on the Wii U was Breath of the Wild. 
God damn it. Um, and now I need to buy a Switch, but I'm waiting like a year or two until there are enough games that I'm like, yeah, this console's going to work out. How things have changed. I I'm remember when I was but a lad, my grandfather would send me out to the backyard on days when I'd been bad and said, you go cut yourself a Switch. <laughs> and now here we are all these years later, and, and you got yourself a, a Switch that's cutting me. But wait, I, I, I want you to dig into that a little more, Waro. When I was how, when I was opening it, the, the rails are kind of sharp. But mm-hmm. how, no, but how is? Oh, okay, Bidu. yeah. Bidu. Also, it cuts my heart. I haven't tried the packaging yet, so it makes a lot of sense to me that like maybe the packaging is a little too much. Fair. Well, everybody, this has been American Games Journalism Simulator 2017, the show where we simulate games journalism, but then also we don't. Because 2017. My name is David Daw. I've been Amanda Rodriguez. You sure have, and for some reason I'm still Alex Wara. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. And um, as always, I leave you with our our famous catchphrase. Broverload?